All right, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 tonight. And I want to preach a message tonight. It's time to lose the weight. It's time to lose the weight. So just calm down. If you turn to Hebrews 12, we're going to find out what kind of weight we're talking about. <laughs> Amen. It's time to lose the weight as we get into Christmas. Woo, come on now. It's time to lose the weight. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And I, I believe, and you've heard it said many times over and over again. How many have heard the saying, Christianity is not a race. Uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. How, have, you, have you figured that out recently? That you know what? It's like, oh my goodness, it's hard. It's difficult. This race that we're supposed to run, you know, it's, it's, it, it ain't easy. I mean, there's going to be times that you face uh, in this race of faith. You'll get emotionally exhausted. You will get physically drained. You'll get uh, spiritually depleted. I'm talking about, you know what, you're on fire for God and all of a sudden it it's, gets difficult. And running the race, you're kind of like, man, you're running with one leg hobbling along. You know, you're running the race and you're out of breath. You, you, you need somebody to bring your puffer in it. Yeah, it's like, help me breathe, somebody. You want somebody to come alongside you with this oxygen mask. Brother, breathe, hurry up, come on, keep going. It ain't over yet. The Christian faith, it's, it's difficult, it's hard. And there's, you know, there's three things that oppose you and I. I mean, there's the, the works of the devil. The devil will come against you in this race. I mean, you're running and you feel like there's this completely uh, attack from the enemy. Uh, there's the world, there's an, the, the, the attacks and the, uh, I guess, the, the lures of the world to try and get you to do things that is uh, contrary uh, to the Bible and to the Word of God. There's also your flesh. Your flesh wants to give in to all the appetites of the world. Your flesh wants to sin. Your flesh wants to do the things that you don't want to do. And so to run this race, you've got three things against you. The world will offer you counterfeit joy temporary pleasure but a lifetime of pain your flesh will say you know what it's too hard your flesh is crying out you know what just quit the race don't don't go on fighting this race don't go running this race it's just too hard and you know what we'll say to ourselves yeah it's too hard I can't be a Christian I should just be the sinner because that's what I'm used to but no you know what God's called us for a purpose to set us to run the race that is set before us and I want to say to you, you know what, even when it gets too hard, don't quit. There's a quote that's going around the internet at the moment. And maybe you've seen it. It says this, marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose your heart. Obesity is hard, being fit is hard, choose your heart. Being in debt is hard, being financially disciplined is hard, choose your heart. Communication is hard, not communicating is hard, choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our heart. Pick wisely. Amen. This Christian race is not easy. I'm sorry to bust your little bubble tonight. I'm sorry to bring some bad news tonight to tell you, oh, it should be joy, peace, clap your hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, listen, no, 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 listen, it's, it's difficult. Jesus said it himself, Matthew 7, 13. Listen to this. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Listen to verse 14. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way, which leads to life and there are few who find it. I mean, Jesus is saying, you got to choose your heart. you got to choose which road you're going to take. you got to choose your heart. And sometimes what we want is comfort, but what we really need is courage. 
Sometimes we need sympathy, but what we really need is strength. Sometimes we need people to feel sorry for us. We need people to feel how we feel, but really what we need is someone to challenge us. Come on now. When you're tired and weary and you're worn out, you, you might want the coach to say, listen, hey, sit down, take a break, take a breather. Listen, take some water. Oh, you're going to be okay. Stroke your little head. It's, it's going to be okay. But what we really need is a coach to say, listen, suck it up, princess. Get your head in the game. Come on now. You've got to finish this thing. you got this. Come on, we need, uh, this, we need to listen to this because it's like, you know, in Hebrews, it's telling us don't give up the Christian race. Don't give up in this faith uh, that you got going on listen to the text that we're reading tonight it says this in hebrews 12 verse 1 through to 2 therefore we also since we are also uh, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses listen to this let us lay aside every weight underline that if you've got your bible underline that because here it is lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank goodness, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Number one, if you're making note, lose the weight. Lose the weight, brother. Lose the weight, sister. <laughs> I mean... The, the phrase, it's talking about lay aside every weight. Man, God's speaking to some people tonight. I feel like it's like, <laughs> all right, I will. <laughs> but in our text, it's talking about this weight that is, you know what, we're running this race, but there's a weight that is holding you down. There's a, there's a weight, yeah, that's right, KFC. <laughs> it's holding you down. There's a weight that's holding you back. I mean, you, no wonder you're tired and you're weary because you're carrying something. It's burdensome. And you need to ask yourself, you need to identify what is this weight? What is it that is weighing me down? You need to ask God, God, show me what is it that's weighing me down? Because many times we run the race and it's been years and years that we're just simply carrying this weight around. It's simply normal. It's become like, oh yeah, it's part of my life now. And you're so tired and you're fatigued in this Christian race. But you got to pray and say, God, uh, help me identify this. Because God's word is a lamp unto your feet. A light unto your path where you can see clearly God shows you right where you are. Right where you're standing. Right where the direction you're heading. And saying, listen, hey, you're going the wrong way, brother. You're running the wrong lane. You're running someone else's race. You're never even running your race. Look where you are. What is it that's weighing you down? What's holding you down tonight? Have you been carrying it for days? Have you been carrying it for months? Have you been even carrying it for years? And I mean, the writer, the author of this text right here, it's not even suggesting it's an idea to say, look, lay aside this weight. No, no, he's saying he's giving it a charge. He's giving a command right here saying, listen, lay aside every weight. If you want to make this Christian race, if you want to make it to the end, you got to lay aside every weight. Lose some weight. Lose the weight that's holding you down. I mean, I'm talking about athletes. I remember being as a runner. And uh, one of the things that our trainers would tell you to do is you want to make sure every stride is light. I mean, you got to make sure you got the right shoes that are light and not heavy. And when you're running, you got to make sure you get rid of every single weight. One study showed for every kilo adds 1.4 seconds to every kilometer that you run. 
running shoes. They even test the running shoes, how light they're going to be for the runners. I remember uh, getting trained in athletics, and they were like saying, you know what, you got to make sure your weight is the right weight. you got to make sure your shoes, you got to make sure the shirt, the, the material that you're wearing, it's, it's not going to weigh you down. But for every casual runner, you carry a water bottle, you carry your phone, you carry it and makes it adds this weight to you when you run. But, but if you're a serious runner, you get rid of all that weight. You'll even, there's people, I've known people who even weigh their shoelaces. I mean, that's how serious of a runner they are. They'll weigh their shoelaces because they know every single weight will hinder their performance. Yeah. A few other translations say every weight that hinders, every weight that slows us down. I mean, you think about that. Lay aside every weight that slows you down. Lay aside the weight that hinders you. I mean, I think about the things that happened to me in the past. I think about the things that I've even been anxious about the future. These things that have been weighing my life down, holding me back from running this race. It may have been for me of this lack of faith. And it's these things that would weigh us down tonight. I mean, one of the greatest things that was ever invented, I'm sure it's quite offensive to you, is the scales. <laughs> that thing won't lie to you. You step on those scales, it's like, okay. Time to make some change. <laughs> it's time to uh, stop eating the uh, junk food. It's time to make some change. The scales are not going to lie to you. And the same thing goes with God's word. You got to stand on his word. And the Holy Spirit will bring to the remembrance. Listen, you've got some things. You've got some issues down deep inside your soul. You've got some things that are holding you down that you can't even run anymore. You don't even pass the, the second lap because something is holding you down. Get on that spiritual scale. How much do you weigh? <laughs> Is there things that are so overbearing in your life right now? Is there things right now that you feel like, my goodness, I don't know what it is. Step on those scales. Get in his word. Get, begin to, uh, you know what, begin to worship him. Let the Holy Spirit remind you, bring to remembrance. This is it. This is the issue. It's bitterness. This is the issue. It's lust. This is the issue right here. Let it bring to you. Lay aside every weight. Lose the weight. Psalms 55 verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord. And he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He shall never, uh, you know, permit the righteous to be shaken. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Casting all you care upon him, for he cares for you. Other translation says, Cast all your anxieties upon him. And we read that, it's kind of like, oh, is, is that it? Is, that, is it quite that simple? I mean, if you study the word cast, you know, it's, it's not the, the, the casting of the rod and you bring it back like fishing. This is talking about a transferring of weight. This is talking about now, you know what, we're casting something, putting and transferring over to Jesus. And God is saying tonight, I care so much about you, stop carrying it. I care so much about, I love you so much. Why are you holding on to it? I love you so much for you to carry the burdens. I love you so much for you to be carrying this, uh, this weight that you've been carrying for years. Why don't you give it up? But I don't know why you don't give it up. You like your weight. <laughs> do, do, do you like carrying it around? It's, oh, yeah, this is my, my friend. Now. Yeah. And you're running along. <laughs> It's like, I mean, seriously, think about it tonight. 
you're carrying this thing for years. And then all, all some of us, we, we chuck it off. Yeah, Jesus, you got it, you got it. We run around and then we do the same thing again. We, we pick it up again. The weight again. I mean, it's, it, it's real. It's ludicrous, right? We just go, oh, let's give it back, Lord. I, it's my weight. I mean, this is how we think. This is human nature. And you, you talk to somebody, you see them running in a race, and be like, bro, what are you doing, man? Why are you running with that, you know, potato bag? Why are you running with that? It's like, don't you want to win the race? Don't you want to, you know, make it to the finish line? And so this is why he's saying you got to cast that thing off. You got to transfer it over to Jesus. You got to identify what is this weight. And you got to lay it aside and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Lose the weight. Cast it onto Jesus. Let him carry it for you. He cares about you. He loves you so much. He desires for you not to carry that burden. He wants you to be totally free. Come on now. He wants us to be totally free. But you got to make the decision. Enough is enough. I'm going to give it to God. Here it is talking about, lay aside every weight. The second thing I see in this text is ensnares. I mean, the two E's, every weight, and this right here, the sin which easily ensnares. I mean, the word ensnares, it means to catch in or to trap us in. And that is a picture when you're running your race, the enemy has set these traps, waiting for you to get caught in it. And if you're not careful, you're running this race. And if, you've gotten, if you don't have the vision, if you don't have clear perspective, you're just going to run straight in that trap made for you. You've got to run in a way or say, you know what, God, I don't want to get caught up in this. I don't want to get caught up with the wrong people. I don't want to get caught up in the things or the affairs of this world. It's talking about the sins that easily ensnare us. What's the sin that ensnares you? Like, I mean, I'm talking easily snares you like bang lust pornography i mean let's be real tonight is it is it like you know you gotta you gotta be real and you gotta do some uh you know intent uh, intentional examination of your heart and say god you know the thing that easily ensnares me come on you gotta you gotta really look into this david said search my heart oh god see if there'd be any wicked way in me I mean, what is it that's stopping you from moving forward? What is it that's stopping you from going all out for God? What's stopping you from running with endurance? What's stopping you from running with strength and vigor, with passion? What's holding you back? What's trapping you? What's causing you to, you know what, easily get ensnared? Keep on running for God. But people are running for the world. Listen to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. I mean, I studied that verse, obtain it. It means run in a way to win. If you're making note, don't run to sin, run to win. I mean, many times we're running to sin. We're running to the world we're running to people we should be running in a way to win to receive the prize the upward call this has got to be you know we got to keep running we got to press through there's things that are going to enslave us entangle us listen no 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 enough is enough God doesn't want us to be entangled in this he wants us to run this race to win but how do you deal with the sin that trips you over every single day 
How do you deal with the sin that, that traps you every single second or every hour of the day? How do you deal with that issue? Well, the answer lies in the second verse. Read it. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. So number one, lose the weight. Number two, look to Jesus. The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had this perspective that was one that was eternal and that outweighed the temple. He endured the cross. I mean, you think about Jesus Christ for a minute. What did he do in the Garden of Gethsemane? He's crying out, God, if this is able to pass from me, if there is another way, please, God, but nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. He was under so much intense pressure. His sweat was like great drops of blood. And you think about Jesus as he begins to now be mocked and ridiculed in front of the Pharisees. Shame, and they begin to accuse him of things that he's never done. And Jesus now goes, uh, and they begin to whip him. They begin to, uh, you know what, whip him, and they begin to beat him to the point where he's so unrecognizable. You can't even tell who he is. He's beaten so badly. And you think that was enough. You think that was it. Oh, good work, Jesus. Thank you for doing that for us. No, no, what did he do? He carried a beam on his back. And he went to the hill of Golgotha. And it was there that they begin to pierce his hands and his feet. It was there they begin to mock him and say, Oh, if you're the God, why did you come down off that cross? This is the Jesus that we're serving. And they called upon him. They mocked him. They, they, did, they would, uh, you know what, say to him, Listen, where is your God now? Jesus endured the cross. And yet Jesus had the utter the most strength that's left within him to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That same cry of forgiveness is now reaching out tonight. The same cry of forgiveness is reaching from generation to generation. It wasn't just for the soldiers. It was for you and I tonight. That says, I forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the past that you've had. It doesn't matter maybe you've done some things to some people. Listen, look to Jesus. He is the one that is able to take your sin and your shame. He's the one that is able to give you a hope and a future. It's Jesus Christ. Look unto Jesus. He's got this eternal perspective that decided you know what I don't it doesn't matter what happens now in this moment it's only temporal and yet within the pain yet within this agony yet within the suffering you know what you know what the writer says the joy how where can you find that in such real circumstances joy you know why because he saw you he looked down and said, you know, there's going to be someone in Beanley Potter's House Church that doesn't know Jesus. There's someone that's going to walk in tonight that says, you know what, I'm going to hear about Jesus tonight. And he knew, he said, you know what, this is the joy. To see a church together.
to see them forgiven, to see them redeemed. This is why Jesus died on the cross, was so that the church could be birthed. So that there could be a bridge now for the, those who are the Gentiles and the Greeks. Those who are now the outcasts can be brought together because of the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That now the veil has been torn. That we can now enter into boldly as priests, as sons and daughters. That we don't have to go now uh, you know, fearful before God. That we can come boldly because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But here it is, the race that is set before us. What about you? Where's your joy? Is it eternal joy in heaven? Or is it something that's so temporal that you can only just see the here and now? That whenever things happen to you, it's like, you know what? Ah, sh- forget it, man. Ah, man, you know what? The way you treat me, I'm going to treat you this way. Or, you know what? And so we have this very limited, skewed perspective of life. But you see, we need to have an eternal perspective. A one of joy in heaven. And Jesus... I mean, we're talking about eternally right here. And if you're going to make it through this race, you're going to have to look to Jesus and you're going to have to hear the words of Jesus found in his word. You know what he says? Jesus says in Mark chapter uh, 9, verse 43, he says, if it causes you to sin, cut it off. If it causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Now, was he going around the towns and cities handing little knives out? Cut it off, brother. <laughs> oh, you're sinning. Oh, why don't you pluck it out? Cut <laughs> no no he's talking spiritually he's saying you i mean he, you think about this he's, he's mentioned three things the feet the hands and the eyes i mean the hands for a minute this is sensitive hands and it gives me the picture what are you holding on to that's causing you to sin that's causing you to trip over and over and over you think about the feet where are you heading in life what direction are you going Jesus says, cut it off. I mean, you, you're going in the wrong direction. What, what are you doing that's easily causing you to be tempted? I mean, many times we put ourselves in a position where we are so easily ensnared. I mean, we go down to the nightclubs when we shouldn't be going there. I mean, we hang around people who are drinking when we shouldn't be hanging around there because of the fact that, you know, you're not strong enough to handle it. Cut it off. If it's causing you to sin, cut it off. If it's tempting you in a way, in your job, if it's tempting you, cut it off. I mean, he's talking, he's saying, listen, it's better for you to enter into heaven maimed rather than entering to uh, hell whole. Again, it's an eternal perspective. And this is Christ. His joy that was set before him was an eternity. That was his source of strength to endure the cross it was the fact that there's joy that because of people souls men and women who would come into this place and around the world that would come to know jesus christ for what he was going to do on the cross and not only was he going to die on the cross but he was going to be raised from the dead that three days later jesus christ was able to now despise the shame i mean despising the shame this is a language that's talking about, you know what, you know, the, the things that were said about him. Christ just completely and utterly wiped it out. No shame. The sins that easily ensnare you, I want to tell you, you've got to look to Jesus. He's the only hope that is able to wash you from your sins. He's the only one that was able to give you a future. It's Jesus Christ, no one else. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's time to lose the weight. Run the race with endurance.
Don't run someone else's race. Run your race. Don't compare yourself to someone else. You run your race. Run your race. I want to give an invitation tonight. No one moving around. No one talking. This is a very, very holy moment, as Billy Graham would say. This is a moment where people are going to be dealt with a decision. It's important that we are quiet right now. Maybe you're here tonight and you know your heart's not right with God. Maybe you're here tonight and you know what? You're carrying sin. You're living in sin. The Bible tells us that Jesus even said himself in John 3, 3, you must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual birth. You must be born again. Jesus Christ took your sins and my sins. And he died on that cross for you and I so that we could be free, so that we could have eternal life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to ask you the question, where will you spend eternity if you were to die? Tonight, where would you spend eternity? It's heaven or hell. What's your eternal address, brother, sister? Where will you spend eternity? Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He says that to those who have been born again, to those who are sons and daughters of the King. But then he says to those, he says, many would call and say, Lord, Lord. Many would call and say, Lord, Lord. And you know what he says to them? Depart from me. I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. Listen, you can come to church. You can pretend to be a Christian. You can say all the nice things. You can even have a Bible in your house. You can say you know Jesus, but listen, does he know you? That's the question right there. Does he know who you really are? Will he, if you were to die tonight, will he say to you, bro, sis, I never knew you. I never knew you. And he says to them, depart from me. And then he sends them to a place of outer darkness. Right there, speaking of eternity in hell. Where will you spend eternity? Brother, sister, hell is real. Hell is real. But the good news is looking unto Jesus, the one who took your sin, the one who took my shame and my sins. He wants to forgive you tonight. He wants to give you eternal life. If that's you tonight, you know you're not right with God. You know you wouldn't make heaven your home. You lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. Amen. Thank you, brother. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I see the hand as well. Anyone else? Amen. I see this hand as well. God bless you. Hands are going up. Honest brothers here tonight. Anyone else? You want to lift your hand? Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand at the back. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus, but you've fallen away. You've gotten entangled with sin again. If that's you, raise your hand. This is between you and God. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? You say, yes, that's me. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? Say, yep, you know, that's me as well. I mean, this is just between you and God. This is eternity we're speaking right here. God loves you. He wants to save your soul. He wants to give you eternal life. Lift your hand with all these honest hearts and say, yes, that's me. Everyone else is every head bowed and every eyes closed. You're not right with God. You're not saved. Lift your hand with these honest hearts tonight. Say, yes, that's me as well. I want to give my life to Christ. I'm away from God. I know I'll be going to hell if I was to die. 
lift your hand tonight. Make a decision. Don't play games, but just say, you know, that's me. You're speaking to me. God's knocking on your heart tonight. God bless you. God bless you. I see these hands. Amen. If you raise your hand, I want you to do one simple thing. When you come out of your seat right now, just meet me at the altar. Amen. Come, come. Those of you who raise your hand, come out of your seat. God bless you. Thanks so much for being honest. God bless honest hearts here tonight. Maybe you thought, man, I should have made the decision to give my life. Why don't you come out of your seat? It's not, no one's here to, you know, shame you out. This is actually an honorable thing to give your life to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Amen. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I'm asking you forgive me. Wash away my sins. Come into my life and make me a new creation. I repent from my sins. The way I'm living, and I turn to you. Be my Lord and my Savior. The resurrection power that raised you from the dead, I'm asking to make me new with that same power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.